Hi FI Europeans, this is Matthias and the FI Europe podcast. I haven't recorded an episode for a while, having too many things going on in summer, but today I'm back with a case study about real estate in Belgium. That's why I'm interviewing Archim today, whom I met in one of my meetup groups a couple of years ago. And what I really like about him is that he actually applies strategies like fix and flip, Amazon FBA, or even renting out his own car. And he's sharing today his tactics with us that don't work, so you can save some time doing these mistakes, and it also helps you to be more realistic, to know what works and don't work. And as a numbers person, he's really good looking behind the bus. So thank you for being here and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Today with me is actually a part of our community. It's, it's Artyom. Hi, Artyom. Hi, Matthias. I also have seen you in, in, in Germany in one of the meetups, I guess, um, but I don't know which one it was. And also was a couple of some years ago or some months ago. And um, yeah, so I always, um, I was curious to, to follow your, your story and the things you, you, you are trying. And also recently I've seen in, in our Facebook group that you also asked a lot of critical questions. Um, especially when some people were posting kind of advertisements or um, claim to know everything. So <laughs> I, I found this very entertaining um, because I was had the same questions in my head. So now today I would like to keep some real talk about things. Um, and today it focuses on, on real estate, especially in Belgium. And yeah, so I hope um, you can provide us with some great insights. But first of all, maybe you tell us a little bit more about uh, your story because it's a case study. We want to know a bit more about your background, where you're coming from. Actually, you're not from West Europe, so maybe uh, you can also let us know how you got to West Europe and so on. Okay, I can tell us something about myself. I was born in Russia, but I moved to Germany when I was a child together with my family. And then after my high school, I got bored and I went to study in Belgium, in Brussels. And that's uh, where I find my first job. I studied mathematics and I work as a financial consultant, as an actuary. So I deal with insurance companies. And uh, I still work in Brussels. And <laughs> I changed a few time, times my employer, your consultant. I work for big names like uh, big four companies. And now I work for a small consultancy. You said that I'm uh, an expert in real estate. That's... Uh, a coincidence because a few years ago I met a worker who proposed me to open a company with him. So I find clients for him and he does uh, renovations. And uh, the last few years uh, I had a part-time job next to my job where I renovated houses with him. I didn't do it myself, but I organized that. I communicated with the clients and I did the accounting. So that's why I have many interesting stories to share. So aside from your, your consulting job, you just kind of randomly found this dude and uh, you helped him to do this. Is it Was it kind of fix, or, fix and flip because uh, you, you renovated uh, property uh, with him and then you sold it or what kind of uh, strategy is it? That would be nice, but that's not possible because of the tax system in Belgium. So uh, 
other people's uh, bought houses and I renovated that for them. And then they kept houses, of course. Ah, okay. And so basically you increased the value of their houses and they could increase the rent and they, that's why they, they paid you. Basically. Yes, exactly. Okay. And is it a nice business? Um, can you make a fortune out of it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a very hard work. Uh, and I underestimated the amount of troubles I had with the clients, especially, but also with the workers and also with the circumstances like uh, Corona now. And first I thought that it's very easy. You just uh, get a cheap worker from Poland and uh, charge a lot. But then everything went wrong. What can go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I really um, appreciate those people. I started to respect them a lot more than I did before. And you should also respect them. Everyone should. It's a really yeah. tough job. I know. And uh, actually, Poland, is that, is that still cheap? I, I think they increase prices. Because they are getting close they, to Western European countries somehow. They are, they are gotten more expensive, but then Polish people work a lot with Ukrainians, which are cheaper, or with Russians. Mm. And then there are a few ways to um, decrease costs. That's what I tried to do. So, for example, I kept the tools and the um, machines in my garage. The workers slept sometimes at my place, they used my private car. So that's how I decreased the prices a lot. And then that's how I tried to beat the market. That's how I also got my clients because I was cheaper and offered the same quality. Mm. But it still wasn't easy. Yeah, it's also for your personal life quality. I mean, you, you cannot use your car and there's some random guy sleeping in your flat. <laughs> uh, it happened more often than I ever wished to. Indeed. Yeah. Do you also own real estate yourself or is it, uh, are you just doing it for other people? Yeah. I own two flats in Belgium and one parking lot. And the first, flat, the first flat I bought before I knew my workers and the second one I renovated with them. It was a ruin when I bought it. And then they made something uh, beautiful from it. And so what was your, your first strategy when you, or did you already had a strategy when you bought your first uh, property? So how, how did you find it? What was your, the reasoning behind it? Or was it just like the first shoot? That's a very controversial topic, which cost me many friends and one girlfriend. So you should know that <laughs> it's a very, indeed very controversial topic. It's unfortunately a story about racism. And you know that in Belgium and Europe, there are many Muslim communities. Mm. And uh, Belgians are, they are, can be very tolerant and tolerant at the same time. And you yeah. see that the Muslim, neighborhoods in Brussels are totally distressed in terms of prices. Mm. So what I looked, uh, the only thing I looked at was the rental yield and how I get lots of return on my equity. And all those flats happened to be in that area. And uh, when I bought that, I was very scared, but I thought, okay, the number is very high. If something goes wrong, I can kick them out. So the, the difference in use between uh, like so-called bad area and good area was very, very high. Mm. Even if my Americans don't pay the rent half of the year, I still make more money than uh, in, in the other areas. Wow. And, um, yeah, the difference was very high in youth. And people were telling me horrible stories like false Arabs, uh, black people, they won't pay you, they will destroy your flat. But <laughs> the price was so low, the rent was so high, I just went for that. <laughs> um, yeah, but 
I think you 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 did your calculation and then you kind of decided very rational or logical and um, that's maybe because you you got the flat. I uh, bought the flat and now I can I don't need to tell you that races are bad. I just can't tell you how much money I made on that. I've had the flat for seven years and I was paid every month except for two because of Corona. And uh, I, I never had troubles with them. So in the end, I'm very happy. So that so, was a good decision. So actually you made money because other people are maybe racist or whatever. I don't want exactly. to do any political <laughs> political talk here, but um, it's just that the, the, the one area was cheap and provided you with a better return. Uh, you just have to had to overcome kind of the fear of of the stories other people were telling and believing so i think that's fine and also you providing uh, a flat in in these areas which is also good because people can rent a flat in the area so nothing bad here i would say no i my uh, tenants are happy i'm happy as well but i must say that i had more people more troubles with people who visited me than with my tenants or neighbors As, as I said, um, I had just people panicking when they saw where I live. Uh, one girlfriend broke up with me because of my neighbors. So <laughs> it's surprising. I had plenty of troubles with white people visiting me. That, that's, uh, that can feel uh, another podcast. Okay. So your girlfriend just said, okay, I don't want to visit you anymore. So that's why I cannot stay with you. So the option was not that you kind of visit her in the other district. And she told me, <laughs> like, like, you know, she, she, she asked me things like, uh, how much uh, is the rent in the place? I say uh, like 400 euro. How much is the rent in a place with white people? I say 500 euro. How much do you earn? I say two and a half thousand. And then she's like, well, but actually you can afford living with white people. Why don't you do that? <laughs> like, you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's arguing from a kind of life quality perspective or whatever perspective yeah, right. you, you're kind of capitalist perspective so that doesn't fit together because you kind of have you measure in different ways but i have a good life quality <laughs> I, i'm not a fool yeah yeah but not from her perspective exactly yeah and then she saw what kind of person i am and i think it's a good thing now i have a better girlfriend some who still lives with me <laughs> oh that's quite nice. happy Very good. So maybe that's then the happy end um, that you found uh, tolerant girlfriend. Um, yeah, pretty cool. And um, so you calculated kind of the return. And what have you done to improve the um, to improve the flat and so on? Actually, uh, I did nothing. I wanted to improve that. It's in a very shabby state, mm -hmm. but the tenants are very happy. They don't want to move out, so I can't improve it if I want. I, yeah, it's just it's kind of a Miracle! I, I get uh, lots of rent for lots of rent for a very shabby flat, and it's not my fault. I'm, I'm happy to improve that. Mm. But I can't improve that when people live there and they don't care. And um, your second flat? Um, so, so your first flat was kind of the strategy, kind of yeah, just buying a, a cheap flat and improving a little bit or nothing, or just tweaking a bit and renting out for a higher price. Do you also have the same strategy for, for your second flat? It was almost the same strategy, except for I was looking for something very, very bad, like bad shape, mm. because I had my cheap workers. And uh, 
I found something very close to my first flat and said that the same area. And it was uh, an attic, which was uh, never inhabited. So they had no water, no electricity, no windows. And I did it for a very, very low price. I did the renovation for a very low price. Mm. So I have, again, a very high rental yield. That's uh, the flat where I live now myself. Without a window? Now I have windows. Uh, how did yeah, you... they, they were like bad windows or empty holes in the, in the walls. So ah. I had to do everything. I thought you just painted the window on the wall. Um, no, no. It... <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, and how many square meters? Not much. Uh, the first one has 40, the second has uh, 55. And you paid... Uh, you, you paid using mortgage loan? Anything? Yeah, I took a mortgage loan. Uh, my strategy is to go for the highest leverage to increase the return on equity. And they do it because you have a stable employee job? Yeah, they do it uh, because I, my flats were very cheap. Like the first only cost only 50,000, which is very cheap for Brussels. Yeah. The second was 70,000 without renovation. So the good thing is that I paid very cheap and I still got a high rent. And that's an also low risk for, for the bank because um, it's not a high, high amount of, um, a big amount of money. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, cool. And um, what, what are your plans now in the future? Do you want to, um, to continue doing that? Or is that, are you done with it because it was maybe stressful? I still want to buy one flat, but I'm hesitating. And I need to say that the price has increased a lot in Brussels in the last five years since I bought my first flat. And I don't get the same rental yields anymore. And even in the so-called bad areas, it's very hard to make a return on your money. I'm really surprised. So on one hand, it's a good news because my flats have increased in values. But on the other hand, I really don't understand why, understand why people are buying houses now. Yeah, because I don't know. <laughs> Um, you, you, you never know if it's getting uh, cheaper, you know, in, in, in the future. I can tell you some numbers. So when I bought my first flat, the rental yield was about uh, eight or even 10%. And I saw a couple of flats like that in Brussels. Now, even if I go in, the no, in a no-go area of Brussels, it's 6% rental yield before taxes, before costs, uh, before any trouble. And then if you go uh, like into a white area, it will be 4% yield before taxes again. It's also harder to get a loan. So when I do my math, I just don't know if I should buy another flat. It's, it's crazy now. But other people are doing it. Why are they, why are they buying? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think it has nothing to do with mathematics, but with uh, psychology. When I uh, ask them about uh, their uh, profitability, they mm. even don't know how to calculate that. They don't care, I think. They don't know what a rental yield is. You had the story from the McKinsey guy, true? Yeah, I can, like through the years of uh, renovations, can tell you plenty of stories. Like, tell me. Yeah, like the story about the McKinsey guy. So at my work in the financial consultancy, we had a very young guy uh, from university. And you know, the young people, the juniors, unfortunately, they're very focused on money, mm. even though they have no experience at all. And he was always laughing about others, like, ho, 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 you earn so little, I'm going to McKinsey and I'm going to earn more. And then he was talking about real estate, like, yeah, it's a really good investment. And uh, once I asked him, what is your rental yield? 
And that guy with a degree in mathematics, he just asked me, what is that? I told him it's a measure to, it's a measure for your profitability. And he said, ah, wow, really? How do you calculate that? And then uh, one day I was working and he comes with his uh, company PC. He puts it on my desk and tells me, show me the formula. And I tell him, it's your rent times 12 and divided by the price. <laughs> yeah, and then you study mathematics for that. Yeah, but you also studied mathematics or some, some similar... I studied, but when it comes to real estate, mathematics don't matter. It's all about uh, prestige or some complexes thing that people buy real estate to compensate for, uh, for some lack of self-confidence. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you buy for a rental yield of 3%, then it's not about that mathematics anymore. And how's the, um, how are the Belgians um, think about real estate in general? I heard about that everybody in, in France is, um, is for, for retirement, they invest in, in the properties. Is that also the case in, uh, in, in Belgium? Do, you, do they think um, real estate is a go-to for investment? Exactly. They are crazy about that. If you try to challenge them, if you ask them what's your rental yield or why are real estate better than uh, stocks, They can't answer that. And it doesn't matter. Nobody, nobody cares about that. Uh, you had the story also from, um, from your, your, own, your colleague uh, that is, was very confident that real estate is the only, uh, the only asset class you, you should go for. Yeah. There, there are some illogical things like, um, like correlations. So I think everyone will agree with me that if uh, real estate rises in price or it just pays its rent, then the stocks will also pay their dividends and rise in price. I think it said nothing uh, uh, illogical now, right? In the long term. Yes. And so there are people who say the stocks are going to crash. I see no future in them, but the real estate will flourish. <laughs> and and if, if you ask them, why don't you save in stocks at least a few thousands per year for your retirement? They look at me with a, such a disgust. Like I said something pervert. I can tell you a story <laughs> about a colleague of mine who has a degree in economics and who worked at the same financial consultancy, the same big four company as me. Mm. And she bought a flat and she was very arrogant. Like she was talking uh, like everyone who pays uh, rent, like who, who rents a flat, has no brains. And then I asked her, what's your rental yield? She asked me about the formula. I told her the formula. She takes her iPhone. She takes her rent, multiplies by 12, divides by the price, and shows me 4.5%. And then she asked me, is it a lot or not? <laughs> yeah. And um, now you also, you, you acquired a lot of uh, knowledge. Haven't you, you also mentioned that you had a lot of um, problems with your, with your workers. So Yes. Um, Construction is about uh, people. One typical problem is that people are lying about the experience and the quality of work. It's like in, in consultant uh, companies. <laughs> yes, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. The, what I didn't understand is that they don't do bad work because they just don't know how to do it. Like everyone makes mistakes, I also make. But it's just a question of attitude. For them, yeah. it's okay to leave some stains on the wall or to put tiles uh, so that they are not, uh, not uh, like even. Mm. This is... Yeah. Mm. I also heard it from a couple of uh, friends um, who are um, building houses that 
that they, yeah, that something is not even and, and really looks strange, not normal, like a, like a bathtub. And um, they had to redo, redo it because it could not be used. And they, was, they were not complaining or, yeah, so they just thought it, it's, it's like it is. So you have to pay me <laughs> and so on. A friend of mine had a situation like that. He, he had uh, have troubles with his workers. The tiles looked very nasty and he refused to pay. And then the workers said, I will kill you. And then he said, I prefer to be dead rather than living with tiles like that. <laughs> okay. And is he alive? <laughs> He's still alive. Okay. <laughs> I was running away after, the, yeah. after saying that. Okay. So what you say, um, you cannot really rely on your workers and you have no guarantees. So probably you, you have to calculate that you usually have to do things twice or you maybe take, take a premium worker if that's something that is available. I would say that my works were usually good. I had more troubles with the contractors, mm. with my clients. I had more troubles with them than with the workers for sure. Like one trouble, one, one typical problem I have. So imagine, Matthias, a guy like you, who is a consultant who works in Excel. Mm. And then a worker is doing something like painting or tiles. And then you come and say, why does it take so low? Like I've seen a, another guy painting walls four years ago in the flat of my uncle and mm. he was faster. Yeah. Like, like, there are plenty of reasons. Like the surface can be different. The material can be different. The temperature can be different. And then some guy like with no experience at all, just because he saw other people painting, not, he didn't paint his, himself. He saw other people painting. He tells me what's wrong with my workers. What should I do? <laughs> yeah, dealing with, uh, with customers. So you always have like 10% of customers who are always complaining and without knowing much. Um, that's, that's the usual rate. Yeah, you, you should have kind of contracts or, yeah. Uh, I would say I had troubles with every client I had. Mm. Sometimes very small, like not very small, but small to to deal with. Mm. Sometimes very big troubles. It's just part of the business. I, I'm sure that every construction company has them. It's just normal thing. Uh, not only in con construction, also in consulting, <laughs> yeah. of course. I uh, actually I'm building a home office in my uh, in my living room. Um, so rearranging the rooms how they're used in the flat, so that we don't have to. I move in a bigger flat and that I don't have to, uh, I rented a co-working space since the beginning of COVID and uh, having a new job and no office in, uh, in Cologne. So I am building a, a kind of a, a dry wall in German, it's Trockenbauwand. Uh, so kind of a wall in, in, the, in the room. And I also had no clue about, you know, I only know software, uh, but no, not really building things. So I also was, had no clue if he if, if my worker is is building it right if he's too expensive so i was sitting uh at the, in the, at the branch with a friend and he was telling me oh your your wall the wall the, the, your worker is far too expensive and then i was typing in, into google uh building wall uh price and so on and then it told me oh it's a much lower price and i am i'm paying but in the end, I found out that it, uh, it's fine. And he's also, the quality is really good, I have to say. And um, I think it's, it's still there, the wall. <laughs> and um, yeah, but um, that also is telling me that I need to learn much more about 
um, about building stuff uh, before I can can go big with real estate because you need kind of experience with all the different things you can build in a house. And yeah, it just told me that there's a lot a lot to know and maybe I should uh, stick with stocks and options and so on and not heading over into the uh, real estate camp. That's true. There are plenty of uh, details to know. And uh, I just wonder about people who have, with no experience uh, start to buy uh, houses or flats. Yeah, I think it's the same why people are starting uh, buying stocks um, with no experience. Somehow they have to start. Yeah, but it's easy with stocks. Yeah, yeah, you can buy a fraction. You can, you buy. can buy a real estate company like a REIT and get your dividends. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get a loan for that. Uh, but you know that uh, the return on equity. So after the leverage, mm -hmm. that according to my calculations in Brussels, so if the rent, if the yield before taxes and uh, leverage is like four percent, mm -hmm. then after taxes, it will be maybe five percent, maybe six. So, yeah, the, the return on investment. So if you get a 100% loan from a bank, 100% loan, but not 80%. Mm -hmm. So that's 6% per year with lots of troubles. I think that a REIT is a better. Yeah, may, maybe just getting more salary and going with the REIT option. And now you have also clients because you, you went through the, the um, kind of um, construction hell. Um, and uh, now you know everything about how to deal with workers, how to how to renovate, how to build stuff without paying too much. And now you have some clients um, that kind of find you, found you in, in Brussels and you teach them how to find a good property, how to calculate interest rate and so on. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, I don't teach anyone because I don't believe in that anymore because people just love real estate and then don't care about uh, like renovation costs or return on investment. Actually, there are a lot of people who, who care about that. I, you know how often happened to me that someone invites me for a beer and mm -hmm. then she tells me, Artyom, tell me something about uh, real estate, you know so much. And then he keeps on talking about the house of his dreams. Mm. It happened to me. That's a human psychology. I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, you, you just have to make sure that you're talk, talking about investments and not about um, consume, consumerism or yeah, you know, about dreams. I mean, if you have money, you can, you can build your dream house. Why not? But people, they try to present that as an investment in order to pass a mental test. Yeah, they try yeah. to make the math work for them. Mm. And if you tell them that the rental yield is low and so on, they just find another argument, like it will increase in price. Okay, so you, you need better customers, you would say. Oh, God. Oh, you need, you need, to, you need to teach your customers. I, I, if they want to have the wall painted, I will do that, but I'm not advising anyone anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think, I think there are a lot of uh, real estate advisors on YouTube. They, they make a fortune, you know. Maybe you, you could just start a YouTube channel and uh, yeah, advise people on on how to build their dream house, <laughs> how to invest in real estate. Okay, so no, um, basically no clients for you, but that's, um, that's fine. I mean, they will find uh, other people. And um, 
what what's your biggest achievement? What would you say is your biggest achievement with your with your real estate? I would say my second flat because I bought it very cheap and I renovated that at a, an incredible cost because I had my own workers. Mm. So I didn't pay a middleman. And that has uh, that is a very nice flat to live in and I can rent it for a very high price compared to the... And, and for, for, for other people who also use uh, have some workers, um, how, how would you say, how should they deal with them in order that things are working, make things work? They should uh, learn about uh, different materials and different types of works before criticizing the workers or comparing the different prices. Because if a company is cheaper than the others, it, it's mostly because it uses cheaper materials. Mm. You need really lots of knowledge. Uh, like I, for example, someone can put a, some, someone can paint a wall in one day. Uh, the other can paint it in only two days because the wall is not even and has holes. Mm. And so there are very people, many people who come and start to criticize, but they should first understand what's going wrong. Mm. But of course, they are bad workers. Of course, they are. They are I met them. Uh, the only thing we haven't heard about is a, is a garage. So the garage, as you haven't said anything about it, it must be very good. Just nothing to do, just uh, renting it out and done. But again, the market is efficient. So my rental yield is about 4%. Mm. And the only reason I bought it is because in Brussels, you can park your car. And I tried to rent it, but I couldn't find anything. Mm. And then there was a construction next to me and just accepted the first price yeah. because my car was pulled away a few times. Uh, it, something broke my windows. <laughs> Maybe it's because of the area you're living in. No, it's, it's a common problem for all areas of Brussels. Okay. And it just, I just can't park my car anywhere. It's a, every, every, I can't sleep properly because uh, I'm always afraid that the morning uh, police will pull it away. Mm. It's, that's why I bought it. It's not a good investment. I have it's no just, yeah. uh, maybe it's an investment in, the, in your sleep. Yes. Now, now I sleep a lot better. Okay. So then it's a good investment because otherwise you have to take med uh, medicine pills um, to sleep and so <laughs> No, just yeah. joking. Um, and uh, would you say COVID-19 is improving uh, margins or is, is creating opportunity in real estate again or, or not so much? Not so much, I would say. Uh, I first thought that people get poorer and uh, more anxious about the market and the prices should decline. I, I had troubles with my uh, tenants mm. because of their jobs, uh, but I don't see prices declining. It's a pity. It's a pity. Yeah, and shrinking population um, in West Europe um, in, in the next 10 years, I think there are fewer people... Would you say uh, the prices prices getting lower in real estate because of lower demand? I see a shift from uh, small cities uh, to big cities. Mm -hmm. So in Brussels, I don't worry about that. But what I see now is that um, the rental yields are different across Belgium mm -hmm. and also across Germany. So in small areas um, with high unemployment, you see higher rents, mm -hmm. higher higher yields. And there is now um, a, a few, there's now an investment guru in Brussels who recommends to invest in uh, like poor areas of Belgium, like Charleroi. And yeah, the rental use are indeed higher. 
But when you see demographics, when you see how many people go from high unemployment areas to richer areas, mm. then I think that the use are justified. Yeah. So again, markets are efficient and you just can't beat them with some simple uh, algorithm. Yeah, so the interest rates are higher because um, probability of an empty flat is a little bit higher than in bigger cities. The flats are empty and also people don't earn much. Mm. So there's no increase in demand. Mm. You you also have, um, except your day job and the real estate um, venture, you also um, trying e-commerce, you told me. Oh, first of all, you, you rented out your car. I was was that uh, was that a good business renting out your your car um, in some of the online platforms? <laughs> no, uh, no, it uh, it was not a good idea. I, I didn't even rent it because I because the guy who was supposed to buy a car for me stole my money, oh. and so I didn't get my car. And then I uh, found out that I wouldn't be able to rent it because I chose a cheap and old car, and the platforms don't accept old cars even if they are good. Mm. So that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> okay, um, but maybe you can now um, you, you, your 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 great car. Do you have a new car also? No, no, I, I no. just I'm not doing it anymore. Okay, um, it may maybe not worth uh, not worth it. Um, but how could this guy steal your money? Uh, he was a friend of my tenant who was a very good guy. He told me mm. you can trust this guy. I know him for years. I just mm. gave him 3,000 euro. Now I um, found out that he's in prison. Okay. Arjun, uh, we, for, we but need not to, because of me. Um, we need to get you some new uh, proper friends that, that don't uh, steal your money. Um, uh, but the tenant has always been a very good person who paid me in years. I just don't know mm. why he recommended me such a friend. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> really surprised. I trust yeah. him. It's uh, it's it's sometimes crazy um, what you don't know about the people you know for a long time, and um, yeah. But um, in the end, um, maybe not a good idea. Um, and now you you you're trying also e-commerce uh, on on e-commerce platforms. And uh, what's your strategy there? So that's the coincidence again. That as with my workers, like, as I said, I'm Russian and I have many friends from Ukraine. And um, by chance, I know a few people who are manufacturers who produce like, um, some stuff mm. which I'm trying to sell. Mm. And uh, I didn't want to do it because, I, again, I believe that markets are efficient. But um, now I get some textiles and plastic stuff at, uh, at uh, very cheap prices. And that's why I'm trying to sell them and to see if it works. And and uh, does it work? So the start is very hard. It works a bit on uh, eBay. I already sold to my first pallet, and I'm trying to increase my volume. And uh, I'm surprised because I thought that eBay is dead, but apparently it's not. It's really still a good alternative to Amazon. Amazon is uh, quite a disaster uh, because even though I am I all offer the lowest prices on the market nobody can find me and there is not much i can do about it yeah you could uh, you could um promote using ads maybe in the beginning but it's and not I, worth it 
Yeah, that's uh, not possible. Uh, that's not po- I even I, if I, even if I want to spend a million on ads, I can't do it mm. because you need to have the buy box. You know mm. what it is? Like the small screen on the right. Um, I think I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, you always see it, and people take it for granted. Mm. But Amazon doesn't offer it to new uh, vendors, mm. and uh, no one knows when I will get it. So it can take three months like many people say, or it could take one year. So they say that in order to get the buy box, I need to sell, but I cannot sell when I don't have the buy box. Like when people see it on Amazon, they just even don't know how to buy it, where to click. But now um, I don't, maybe don't know what the buy box is. I thought this is a, um, that you, you, in, you're seeing a product and then there is a um, similar products box where people can discover your product but that's not the buy box i think it's not what you're referring to um so that's a box which says like that costs 10 euro uh, click to buy it okay and, and when th- people go on my listing they see uh, one offer available from five euro ah okay and then you have to click uh, see offers and buy there yes and then they will see my offer and buy there but it's yep. not trustworthy people Yeah, but I did that I clicked on see offers and bought something. <laughs> but it took me it took me a while to figure out uh, where to click. Yeah. So the other problem with Amazon is that uh, there's many algorithms, mm-hmm. and uh, no one knows uh, how they work. And if I type in like my product, what I expect is to see my product, but maybe people who are long on the market who have more. Uh, Uh, reviews a better reputation and what i see is that amazon thinks what amazon believes what could interest me mm. like if i look for example for a green t-shirt amazon might think that i'm also interested in uh, uh, red dresses mm. because someone in the past was looking for a green t-shirt but bought a red dress yeah yeah that could happen <laughs> and it happens a lot That's why I don't use Amazon as a customer f- anymore because I'm really pissed off about the, uh, the searches, the, the listings which I get. I don't get what I'm looking for. But is eBay a better opportunity then? Um, is- it's easier to start. So if you type in green t-shirt, you'll get green t-shirt with the highest number of reviews. Mm. Then you get the green t-shirts with the second highest number. And maybe you will be on the fifth place if there are only four guys selling it. And, and, and Amazon, you, you won't be on the, on the first page, never. Have you f- figured out what, what other people are doing on Amazon that are successful? Um, I even paid an Amazon consultant to help me. Mm-hmm. The problem is that it's an algorithm and no one knows how it works. Mm. So I just did what everyone does mm. and then you need to wait until you get the buy box. Okay, you just have to wait. So we, we, I will ask you in one year again. Yeah, please um, ask me in one year. Yeah, so I would say we, we kind of uh, have to finish because of time. Um, maybe just a couple of very quick questions. First of all, and please uh, reply really short. What is your dream house? How does it look like? Uh, it should be a penthouse very close to the central station of the city mm. because I hate cars. Yeah. And uh, love space and uh, green air, uh, fresh air. Yeah. So you need a, you need also a park near to the train station. 
I, if I have a penthouse, I can have my own park on the balcony. Oh, so kind of you all want to have a pen, penthouse. I also think a penthouse would uh, suit me well. And what is uh, your plan for, uh, for FI in the future? Um, do you think Amazon will take off or do you have a, some, some kind of overall strategy or what to go next um, that you maybe, maybe can become financially independent if you want? I need to say that um, I lost my job last year and I spent a few years unemployed. Mm. And it was a mentally very depressing experience because if you have nothing to do, mm. you just go crazy. Yeah. So I think that I don't want to stop working. It's, I just know how it feels and it's not good. Mm. I just like to amass fortune uh, to invest in stocks and real estate. I'm not planning to stop working. Okay, so... Just uh, keep investing and, and earning some money. And maybe you can go to f go for a four-day week or three-day weeks and somehow in the future. Yeah, something like that. Uh, maybe more, more balanced. Um, okay, thank you very much. Um, so if, if people would like to contact you, they maybe because you kind of want to stay anonymous, they can just contact me. Maybe they want to do real estate business <laughs> in, in, in Belgium. That was the sudden end of the interview. The internet in Brussels unfortunately wasn't strong enough anymore to support us tonight. Good luck with your real estate and Amazon FBA projects. Let me know what you think about the episode and challenges you might have. And uh, also reach out to me if you want to get connected to Artyom. And yeah, see you next time in the podcast and also in the FIA Europe podcast Facebook group. Bye bye. Hey Matthias, do you think there are no financial independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddit, in Facebook groups, the Fire Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is in the end the main reason why we started the whole podcast project to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time. <laughs>